0: It is, ladies and gents we're ready to rock and roll today solo episode and the market is going to crash so what do you do to make sure you're safe from a crazy market well that's what we're going to talk about today here we go
1: shut up and sit down is your business in need
0: of customers then you found the right show Hernan Sias is the business bro and he makes getting customers fun and easy Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome
1: to another episode of
0: Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents. Solo episode today. I haven't done a solo episode in uh, quite some time, mainly because I, I took two weeks off and now we're back ready to rock and roll. Uh, today's guest had to reschedule. And so here we are. The market is going to crash. All right. What have we seen? First of all, um, markets are cyclical, right? These things happen. We have ups and downs, especially ever since we came off the gold standard, ever since Nixon took off the gold, took us off the gold standard. We've become a fiat cash and it's just increased the volatility of the cycles that we've gone through. I personally have been through, uh, I want to say three recessions in my adulthood. Um, but the very first one, I was still kind of in high school, so it didn't really count. And that was the dot-com the big one that happened was in two thousand and eight, and that one i was I was definitely uh, in business. Uh, I had properties that I sold right before the bus. We started flipping properties right after that big economic bus um short in short, this means that there is opportunity first and foremost, okay so um yes things are going to go bad some people are going to lose quite a bit and there are others who are going to make uh, tremendous fortunes in this next cycle but it's coming it is absolutely coming and don't let anybody tell you that a market crash is not going to happen or that real estate goes up forever because it doesn't over time over the long period of time Yes, traditionally, markets tend to go up. Our stock markets tend to go up at a good percentage. Uh, real estate over a long periods of time tend to go up. Most things have been going up over a long period of time. But in the interim, real estate, for example, real estate cycles are usually about 10 to 12 years. We are long overdue for a nice real estate correction. And there are a number of things that are in place here that are going to make things happen. Uh, let's just look at some of the things that we are living through today. Number one, real estate prices are ridiculously high, way above affordability. Uh, now, depending on what area of the country you live in, some of you might even be in different countries, period. So this is definitely uh, more of a U.S. thing and uh, even more so my experience is here, hyper local in San Diego. Um, but. My neighborhood is not a neighborhood I would consider a million-dollar neighborhood. Now, it's a nice neighborhood, right? I got a great view of of all of San Diego. I got a really, you know, nice house, great lot, all that stuff. But it just wasn't traditionally a million-dollar neighborhood. There's literally a house down the street, um, well, in two directions, one that sold for like $879,000, and it's a fixer. There's another one down the hill listed at 899,000. It too is a fixer. Now, those numbers for some of you if you're living in New York and San Francisco, they're like, "Oh, okay, well that's a pretty good deal." But it's not. I mean, affordability number 1 has to be in place. People need to be able to afford these mortgages. And back when we had mortgages down at like 2 and 3%, those high dollar amounts those made sense. It was cool. It was still feasible. You can make a monthly payment on a 30-year fix, and it was still doable.
1: But we're not the only ones facing high prices, right? For example, any of you who've gone to the gas pump recently
0: and pumped gas, you're looking at like five—well, here in California, we're looking at like $6 a gallon because we have an extra nice little tax that the state lets to give us every once in a while, Right? We just so you know, we pay like a dollar eighteen in taxes and fees for every gallon of gas we pump in California that other states don't. A dollar eighteen, right? On top of the regular gas. So, anyways, I know if you don't like it, leave California, but I can't. San Diego, I love it here. So, gas is at six dollars a gallon, which means for most people. There is less discretionary income because it's not just gas that is out of control here. We're talking about overall inflation being a little being ridiculously high, right? That means that everything that is oil-based has gone up in price. Gas is expensive. That means diesel gas is expensive. I mean, we're talking about just driving our own car from point A to point B is getting more costly. Well, what about when you're shipping products across the country? Right? They they go on a train, they get off a train, they go on a truck, they need to be delivered. That cost has gone ridiculously high. I mean, I remember going to Walmart and complaining about my grocery bill. My my household grocery budget has been about six to seven hundred dollars a month, right? I mean, we try to budget six, but we end up spending a little more. Man, we're just blowing through that budget right now. Everything at the store is just so much more expensive. So we're having less discretionary income coming down the pipe means we have less money to go on vacation, less money to go out and have fun, less money to do basically whatever the hell we want, which means for a lot of other people as well, there's less income to pay a particular bill, to put food on the table, to put gas in the car. Right. And as these prices creep up and as this uh, inflation rate stays at that high level, it's going to affect a lot of other things. So is there a market crash coming? Yes. Affordability is is ridiculous. How does the Fed, by the way, how does the Fed adjust inflation? How do we control inflation going out of control? Because, I mean, I'm always like a a history buff, right? I like looking at the past to see how it's going to predict the future. And I worry about hyperinflation. I mean, we're already at a point where things are getting ridiculously high priced. And if you go back in history, you, talk, you hear stories of what happened in Germany after World War II, I'm sorry, after World War I, where they hit major, major hyperinflation. I mean, there's stories of people, wheelbarrows of do- of, of of Deutsch dollars, I don't even know what they call them, right? But the bills, wheelbarrows of money to go buy groceries. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, today we're doing it essentially the same, except we're paying a lot more with digital currency using debit cards, credit cards, and that sort of stuff, right? I'm not talking even cryptos yet. I'm not even going that route. I'm just talking about what it costs to live, right? To live with your own dollars. So discretionary income going out the window. How does the government curve these things? How do they protect it? Well, the Fed is in control of a lot of monetary policy. And one of the things they do to control it is to Adjust interest rates, and we had been for the longest time at a zero percent interest rate, and it's been creeping up. And they're expecting to do a lot more uh, rate adjustments going here in the in the short term. That that doesn't reflect exactly, like for example, a home mortgage, but it makes the cost of borrowing money go up. And so you're going to see a lot of things start to happen. Here's here's the things that I remember happening in 2008 on on, real, on the real estate side that started to push back on on the market. Number one, uh, and this is—I'm doing it purely from a real estate perspective because that's usually where I have my, you know, head in. That's where I talk to a lot of more real estate agents. I see what's going on, um, and I pay attention to that market a little more. And I'm only really being able to talk to you about the San Diego one, but kind of the trends you can kind of see what's going on here. So number one, uh, as I go to open houses, I see more of these properties. We're not having the same bidding war as we've had in the past. Uh, there's not. As many offers going in, right? Buyers are starting to pull back a little bit. The affordability for them to buy a place, right? In other words, they can only afford X amount of dollars per month. And this includes their, their mortgage payment, this includes their interest, this includes their taxes, right? All, all, everything principal, interest, taxes, insurance, PITI. The fact that the interest rate is increasing means they have less purchasing power. So you're having less buyers on the market compete for some of these, uh, some of these homes. You have new construction. There's a lot of properties that are going to be coming on the market as as of this new construction. As I drive around my neighborhood, there are less and less single-family homes available, but more and more apartment complexes being built, which means we're bringing the relief as much as we can uh, to the housing crisis. Because let's face it, there's still a lot of need for people to live in different places, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they all have to buy. And why people are building apartment complexes is because the profitability to buy a single family home just wasn't there. A contractor wouldn't make as much or a developer wouldn't make as much uh, creating and building one home in a plot of land as they could a development, multiple houses or an apartment complex, for example. So you got a lot of construction coming in that is going to bring availability to the market and less affordability on the buyer side. That's going to start to creep up. You're going to start to see more and more signs go up on homes because people who were thinking about selling, trying to time the market to get to the top end of the market, they're going to start to come out and see the writing on the wall that, oh, man, there's going to be more houses. Oh, I really got to get out of this because I want to cash out as much equity as I possibly can. Um, You know what? I need to do it before my neighbor does it because I know he lost his job or... He has to move or, for example, this is what's happening in our neighborhood. People who have been tenants for a long time, their landlords are saying, hey, I I need you to move out. We're going to sell the place. A lot of that stuff is happening. You're going to see a lot of displacement. But as you see a lot of the competition on the market, it's going to begin to, in my opinion, we're going to start to see a race towards the bottom. So if you see two houses on the same street listed, you're gonna start to see that competition where one who has to sell, uh maybe they're they, they have to move in a certain amount of time, or maybe they already have their other house, their their purchase in escrow, whatever the reason, you're gonna start to see a competitive race towards the bottom because you don't want to be the one who is third in line that is already sold. Now your comps are comparable. Your, the, the other properties that have sold at a lower rate, they're going to affect your price. You want to be the first one to come down. So you're going to start to see all kinds of different stuff in this real estate market start to trickle down. Here's another thing that I saw in 2008 that always blew my mind. Right now, everybody's an expert in real estate. I mean, you can talk to the gardener, and the gardener's going to tell you all kinds of stuff on the real estate side that he probably never would have known. And why is that? Because right now, people are making a lot of money on their, on their properties. They're clearing that equity. Everybody is talking about it. When everybody's talking about it, that's when you need to step back, right? We always call that the Moobah syndrome, James and I. Don't follow the Moobahs. When everybody's going in that direction, you need to stop and you need to look around and be like, why is everybody going over there? What is so good over there? And start looking in the other direction because that's where things are going to change. Now, I hear people all the time and people have been asking me, should I wait? Should I wait to buy? Should I wait? Should I wait? Should I wait? That's the ultimate question. And I, honestly, I don't have a crystal ball. And my honest answer is always when you're getting ready to buy your home, if this is the home you're going to live in and you can afford the monthly payment on a 30-year fix, then go ahead and buy it. Like this is your opportunity, right? But that's not really the question that they're asking me. They're asking me, can I make some money on this downturn? How do I do that on downtune? Okay, so here's some things that I remember from 2008 that you need to pay attention to. Number one, if you're sitting on a bunch of equity in your home right now and you think that that is going to be that that amount of money that you're going to use to go out and invest, you got a a second thing coming to you because some of the things that happened in 2008 were let's say for example you had i don't know $300,000 in equity so you went you got a home equity line of credit at the bank so the credit so basically the bank said here's $200,000 line of credit use it however you like when you're ready go ahead write the check here you go your interest rate's 5 6 7% whatever it is right the market starts to shift and you think you have $200,000 to go to to go and invest but what happens is the market shifts As banks are not able to lend out as much money, they start to contract your lines of credit. Your credit cards start to peel back. You might've had $10,000 line of credit. And now all of a sudden you look on your statement and it's like 7,000. What happened to the other three? They're just not giving it to you. You're not using it. They're taking it back. Same thing happened with home equity lines. So if you are in a position right now where you're thinking, you know what? I got a lot of equity. I'm ready. I'm going to make my next move. But you haven't done a cash out refi. You don't actually have that cash on hand you're just banking on the equity, then you're not going to be able to take advantage of the opportunities when they pop up. Chances are your banks are going to pull back that equity. That is not liquidity for you. So you have to find other ways to do that? Okay. Is there opportunities? Will there be opportunities? Yes. Now here's the downside to that. When, when these things happen, when the market starts shifting, the other side of that is people don't want to catch a falling knife. Right Here's a different uh, a, a saying that I heard a long time ago. And a falling knife is simple, right? Think about it. Your knife's dropping. You don't want to catch it. It's going to cut you. And people feel the same way with real estate. As the prices start to trickle down, just like you're thinking right now that you're thinking, oh, I'm going to sell at the highest point possible, your mind switches and you start thinking, well, you know what? I don't want to buy right now because I'd rather buy when it's at the bottom. And you just don't know when the bottom is. You just don't know. I'm telling you there's going to be a market crash. I just don't know when the absolute top is. I think we're there. I believe we're there, but I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know. And as prices start to drip down, I don't know where the absolute bottom is. So you always have to look at the numbers. You always have to make sense that whatever investment that you're going to get into, it doesn't matter if it's real estate. It doesn't matter if it's a business. The numbers are the things that are going to tell you what to do. So, I like to look for real estate, for example. I like to use the 1% rule as just my qualifier at the very beginning. When I'm looking at rental properties, I look at the 1% rule. If the property is 100,000, 1% of that is $1,000 a month. That property should rent for about $1,000 a month. That would be a good rental for me to start looking at, right? Simple things like that to kind of evaluate. Then you go deeper. Then you got to do your due diligence, right? Then you want inspections and all kinds of cool stuff like that. But understanding the numbers is going to be vital for when this market crashes. Because yes, you might buy a property that is a good deal compared to today where the prices are really high. you you're seeing the market come down, you might get it at a good deal. But is it the right deal? Right? You might get a discounted price, but will it cash flow? Would it give you a return on investment? Will it do all these other things? Right? That's really what you're looking at when you're looking at some of these investment properties. Okay. So why is the market going to crash? Because I know I can get on some tangents sometimes. Why is the market going to crash? Here's another thing. Uh, so we talked a little bit about inflation going ridiculously high. We talked about real estate prices and that's home affordability. We all got to live somewhere, right? And and as the prices go up, as the mortgage prices go up, as it costs more to buy a house, rents follow right behind. They're right there. So affordability, uh, discretionary income market cycles. We've already talked about. And then the other thing that's going on, we just finished the pandemic. now I got to admit when the pandemic first hit, I thought, boom, this is where the market's going to crash, right? This is it. This is the, this is the needle that's going to pop this bubble and boom, we're going to hit a, a low and it didn't happen. A lot of people were surprised and a lot of people weren't surprised, but still real estate com- kept going up. Markets still kept going up. But now we got another world issue, and we're talking about war, Ukraine, sanctions, all those other things, and some of those are out of our control, right? We don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know what Putin's going to do. We don't know what's going to happen in Ukraine. We don't know what's happening with, with NATO. We don't know any of that stuff, right? And we don't really have control. But as those things change, those are some more stuff, some more things that could happen that could have effects. I mean, you see right now as they impose a sanction on another country that produces whatever product or service could have been, whoa, lost my life, could have been the oil, could have been, um, I don't know, whatever products, rice, grains, whatever it is, you're going to see that, in, that affect the rest of the world. That's going to affect our importing. That's going to affect our pricing.
1: That's going to affect our availability. Like that stuff is definitely going to hurt. How do we fix it?
0: How do you build something? How do you secure your income so that when this market crashes, A, you survive, financially speaking? Hopefully, you survive, actually
1: survive, but we're talking financially speaking. Right? And B, how do you thrive? How do you thrive? Now, the A is going to be the part that I can do really well. Survive? Yes. Knocked it out the park.
0: Survive? Only time will tell. So let's start off with the survive, right? Um, The way I've survived in business is I've built businesses personally that are necessary. They're a must. So if you don't know, I've, I've had a tax practice since 2006. Why taxes? Well, I got into taxes because my very first business, after it failed, I realized I was paying Uncle Sam all kinds of money and I didn't know why. So I enrolled in tax school. I went back to school. I got my degree in accounting. I wanted to know who Uncle Sam was and why he was taking all this money. And what I learned, one of those things I learned, and it's a saying that you all know, is the two things you can't escape in life, death and taxes. Everybody in the United States has to file a tax return. Every business has to file a tax return. So my thought was purely simple. If I'm going to start a business, I should probably
1: start one that everybody has to do. Taxes. How do you survive a down, spiraling, going out of control economy? How do you thrive
0: in an up economy? I think it's having businesses that are a necessity. And Taxes are one of those, as long as it's still, you know, one of the main rules that you have to follow, which is you've got to file a tax return, I might as well be one of the people that you go to. Another business I got, right, James and I um, got into this space, I got into this space quite a few years ago as a, an accounting partner, owning and learning a lot in this industry, and then when James came it came aboard, I brought him on, and he now uh, took over on that, and that's insurance, again, one of those things that you drive a car, you gotta have insurance. You borrow money from the bank to buy a house, you gotta have insurance. You have employees, you gotta have workers' comp. General liability, like all these necessities, all these things that a business or an or a person must have. I made sure to build a business around that. So how do you start how do you survive? You make sure that your business is something that everybody needs. The last thing here for me, well, of course, there's a the real estate side, not everybody needs to buy a house, but everybody needs to live somewhere, real estate. And then the last one I have is this, the podcast. This is how I'm going to thrive. This is how I'm going to build that next level. Because the podcast is allowing me to learn a skill and to implement a skill that every
1: single business needs. Advertising and marketing. I mean, you are in business, right? Means that you got to
0: go out and tell somebody what it is you do and they got to hire you. And there's that four phase. Dr. Meisner put these together. Invisible, visible, credible, and
1: profitable. When you're in business, you start off invisible. You have an idea. Might be a good one. But nobody knows who you are or that your idea even exists. You literally have to go out
0: and talk to somebody new. Share your idea. And hope and pray that they actually like your product the market is going to decide right now you can modify change and do things so that hope and prayer is not really an option you're actually strategizing you're learning what your customers problems are and what you can do to solve those problems
1: that's really how you do it but you need to figure it out you need to get out there and do and a lot of business owners
0: get stuck in that idea of advertising because they don't have that, uh, they have a sour taste in their mouth when it comes to advertising. And I did too. I mean, there were a lot of times in business where I tried things advertising and marketing related and I felt like that was a waste of money.
1: I felt like the person on the other side said they were going to do something and what I got was different. Or it just cost too much to start to build a brand the way I wanted to.
0: And I know there are a lot of business owners out there. A lot of you guys who are in business right now who have a great product, who are great technicians. In other words, you do your stuff really, really well. Customers are happy when they do work with you.
1: It's just that not enough people know who you are. And the magic pill that I've found, the thing that has allowed me to build a brand, to build my confidence level, To go from invisible to visible, to build consistency and credibility, to build trust, to get customers, and to be profitable. That's been podcasting. Look, the market is going to crash.
0: And you may have a business that is doing well right now, and then the market crashes, and your business doesn't do
1: so hot. But you know what continues? Your brand and you and you can always bounce back. You can always come
0: back. You can always rebuild. You can always gather up and then go forward. And if you're able to build your brand, the business afterwards, those things will come and go. Some of them will thrive, some of them will technologically advance, some of them will go from blockbuster to become Netflix. You never know. They change over time. But your credibility and your brand that you own forever. You might build a company and sell it off and it might not be yours anymore, but your brand, you, that lasts forever. So why are you not investing in yourself? Why are you afraid to turn the camera on and the microphone
1: on or the cell phone on and create the content? Document. You don't have to invent everything. You
0: don't have to do dances on TikTok but you're knowledgeable in the stuff you're doing. A quick little content hint. I love this one. Look at your inbox. Look at your literally email inbox. You have a bunch of people in your industry. Maybe it's uh, employees, maybe it's vendors, maybe it's customers, but there are people in your inbox right now that have been asking you questions. That's usually why they send you a message, right? Why Why answer that question just for one person? You reply back in an email and it's done or you can use that opportunity to answer a question that 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 question itself might be the same question that a lot of other people in that industry have. And if you're able to answer the question for one person, why not answer the question for your entire industry? Document. Don't create. Answer the question on the live. Answer the question on a little recorded message. Answer the question on a story. Post it start building your brand is it embarrassing sometimes yeah do you make mistakes absolutely do you like the way you sound probably not
1: do you like the way you look on camera most likely no but it's who you are it's what you sound like it's what you do and if you're gonna be successful you have to tell people what it is you do the market is going to crash I may not have a crystal ball. I may not, you know, I think it's going to happen this year and I may be wrong, but you know what I'm not wrong on? Building my brand is going to help me. And let me explain to you real quick. How's that going to happen?
0: I told you I got a real estate business. I got an insurance company and the tax company. I hop on this podcast every single day and I talk to entrepreneurs every single day. I've built an audience of entrepreneurs. I have a show and a brand that says,
1: I am very knowledgeable in this business space and I can help you. I have become visible. I have become credible. And I'm becoming a marketing and advertising
0: machine,
1: baby. So what does that mean for me when the markets crash? I'm going to turn to my skill set. I'm going to
0: turn on more ads and I'm going to place more marketing content and I'm going to funnel my existing business database of entrepreneurs and offer them the opportunity to do tax returns with us and offer them the opportunity to insure with us and offer them the opportunity for their real estate needs. And there's a ton of other businesses and opportunities that I can offer as an affiliate because I have a network of other business owners. Your brand is
1: what's going to help you survive when the economy crashes.
0: Is your brand set up to survive? Are you doing what you can every day to build it? If not, you need to hit me up, businessbros.biz. We need to sit down and have a conversation. I'm going to show you how to do it. It's fun. Like I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure you eat lunch every day or breakfast every day or dinner every day, at least one of those meals every day. And you probably do it every day at the same time because we as human beings are creatures of habit. So if you can pencil in 30 minutes for dinner or lunch or breakfast, whatever you can, you can pencil in 30 minutes a day to create content the way we can show you how to do it. So that you're literally talking to a new business owner every day or somebody, whoever your ideal client is. You're literally talking to your ideal client every day. You're building your brand. You're building your credibility. You're building a database of people who are in your sphere, who are your tribe, who are going to be your super
1: fans and who are going to get you through a recession when things happen. But you can't just hope it happens. It's not design a logo and post it one time. That's not going to happen. You got to learn the skills. It takes a little bit of work and effort. But we've cut the learning curve very far. Like for you guys,
0: when you hop on and you work with us, there is no huge learning curve. I already did the work for you. Figured out how to create the platforms. I figured out how to do the distribution. I figured out how to create the small pieces of content. I figured out how to book the appointments every day. And I just share it
1: with you. The market's going to crash, ladies and gents. Sooner than later, it's going to happen. Are you prepared? Businessbros.biz,
0: let us help your business grow multiple different ways. Content, content, content. We can help you with video testimonials. We can put content on your social media page for you, customize with your stuff. We can help you with the paid ads, or we can do the whole shebang.
1: You have zero brand. We can turn you from zero brand to mega brand. It's up to you. So let me ask you a question. If I talked to you a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, are you in the same spot today that you were then? The answer to that question is yes. Then the next question I have for you is how long do you got to be stuck there before you make a change? Or am I going to see you again next year in the same spot? It's up to you businessbros.biz
0: i'm here to be of service to you one more time businessbros.biz and we'll see you guys again mañana peace and we're out thanks for watching the business bros if you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the business bro visit our website www.businessbros.biz and click on the need more customers button or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages.
1: Go to www.businessbros.biz and start getting more customers.